Welcome to the Writer Magazine Insider Podcast from the editors of Writer Magazine and WriterMagazine.com, bringing you motorcycling at its best in print every month and on the web for 46 years, and now in this regular podcast. This is Mark Tuttle, editor of Writer, and I'm here with senior editor Greg Drevenstedt and managing editor Jenny Smith. Today we're going to share a bit of news from the world of motorcycling, after which we'll discuss what's new and happening at the 2019 and 2020 Progressive International Motorcycle Shows with Discover the Ride program manager Robert Pandia, who we met with uh, back in November uh, during the Long Beach uh, edition of the show, which, uh, as it happens, all three of the rider staff uh, attended as well, and and um, it was fun. It was a, a big crowd, wouldn't you guys say? Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, good crowd. There was a line waiting to get in um, down at the Long Beach Convention Center. And, um, you know, all of the OEs had uh, their new stuff there. How many new bikes were there this year, Greg? Uh, in terms of street legal models, there's almost 60 new or updated models to look at. Wow. Wow, that's a lot of new bikes. What, uh, Jenny, what, what jumped out at you the most? Um, I really actually enjoyed the new BMWs, the, the 900s, the XR and the R, just because those are yeah. kind of my size. Yeah. And, uh, so those were pretty cool. And it was actually my first opportunity to get a look at the Katana firsthand. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. Con- I, tron- controversial motorcycle. Controversial motorcycle. Yeah. I like the look, you know. But, um, yeah, definitely a bit controversial, especially in terms of pricing. Yeah. But, yeah, that's a, it's, it's, it's essentially a GSX... GSX 1000R, right? With a GXS, G- SXS 1000. <laughs> We're going to uh, screw up these naming conventions a lot, folks, because <laughs> they're getting more and more complicated all the time, and there's getting to be more and more R's on the end of everything. Exactly. Speaking of R's, the hot, one of the cool bikes to see from Honda is the new CBR 1000RRRSP. They call it the triple R for short. <laughs> It's essentially a street legal race bike. It's going to go uh, uh, take on Kawasaki and Ducati in the World Superbike Championship. So that's actually going to be a 2021 model. I don't know when it's coming, but uh, it is got an all-new engine. It's got all-new electronics. It's uh, super light, new chassis. Um, It's pretty much everything Honda's racing program can put together in a motorcycle that will be homologated for World Superbike. Now, Do you have to be a racer to buy that? No, that will be a, you know, you can purchase it by the uh, from the public, but um, we don't have pricing yet. So it's likely oh, okay. to be a limited edition, you know, so small production numbers, uh, probably going to come with a pretty high price tag. Now, Greg, you're, um, I think, aren't you headed for the, the Suzuki V-Strom 1050 launch next month? Yes. So uh, in the end of January, Suzuki's hosting a press launch in Spain for their new V-Strom lineup for the for the leader class. So they're now called 1050s, even though the engine size has, the displacement hasn't actually changed. Uh, it's a 1,043cc V-twin, uh, has makes, been for a few years. Why didn't they call it a 1050 before? I, mean, I don't know. I think they mainly changed the name because they've come out with new styling that's more, uh, it, it really is more inspired by their DR Big, uh, rally bikes, Dakar rally bikes from several decades ago. Very cool retro styling, really bold colors and graphics this year. Um, the base model V-Strom 1050s got some new electronics. It's got a little bit more power, uh, so they've tuned the engine a little bit. 
Then they have an XT model as well as an XT Adventure model. And those ah, come okay. with more advanced IMU-based electronics um, as well as more touring slash adventure accessories that are standard on those models. So They've done well with those V-Stroms, and it's a, they're great bikes for people that don't necessarily want a full-on adventure machine, want more street manners, right? And, uh, you know, but the same sort of versatility. Absolutely. I mean, you know, there's a, there are a lot of adventure bikes on the market today, I think because they appeal to a wide range of riders. You know, the, the one challenge for some people is seat height. They tend to have long travel suspension, so the seats are pretty tall, but they, a lot of the bikes have as much performance as anybody would want from a sport touring bike or even somewhat uh, of some sport bikes. But you've got it in a much more comfortable uh, seating position, some wind protection. Gotcha. And if you, yeah. hey, you want to go down a gravel road, you can do that. And some people can go even, you know, more, cool. more advanced off-road riding if they've got the skills and inclination. And speaking of adventure bikes, I think, uh, Jenny, you're also headed to a, a Triumph launch in Morocco, of all places, yeah. right? Yeah, wow. to ride the new Tiger 900. Which, speaking of which, speaking of seat height, they have a low ride height option that's only 29.9 inches. Wow, that's that's down in cruiser territory, isn't mm -hmm. it? Almost, anyway, or standard bike territory. So they Triumph changed the the names. They, they increased the displacement, so it's a 900 mm -hmm. now. That's the main thing, I guess. But what did they do with the names? They, they did something there. So now there's three street-oriented ones, the 900, the GT, and the GT Pro, and two off-roads, the Rally and the Rally Pro. Okay, and and one, the road bikes have, what, 17? 19-inch. 19-17, and then... And the rallies have 21 in the front. 21, but they still stuck with the 17 in the back. I thought that was kind of strange, uh, since, you know, most uh, dirt bikes have a 21-18 combo, mm -hmm. but maybe it has... Oh, you know what, I bet it's uh, tire size available, or tire availability, or something like that. So, have you been to Morocco before? I haven't. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, that should be wild. That's a... A lot of, lot of sand and rocks and yep. dirt and camels. 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 <laughs> Perfect. All right. Well, um, we are going to take a short break. Uh, again, this is uh, Mark Tuttle with Greg Drevenstedt and Jenny Smith. Um, right after the break, we are going to uh, uh, pick up with our guest, Robert Pandia, to hear more about the Discover the Ride program at the Progressive International Motorcycle Shows. I'm Mark Tuttle, the editor of Rider Magazine, and I'm here with our managing editor, Jenny Smith. Hello. And we have the distinct pleasure uh, of sharing the room with Robert Pandia, who uh, is the owner of Spokespeople LLC and uh, is also the team manager, program manager, excuse me, for the Discover the Ride program at the Progressive International Motorcycle Shows and uh, on their seven show tour. And we happen to be right across the street from uh, the Long Beach show, which starts tomorrow. So uh, we wanted to talk to, uh, to Robert a little bit about the IMS show and, and discover the ride. How are you doing, Robert? I'm good, junior editor Tuttle. <laughs> I meant oh, okay. Robert. I mean, if, if, titles, if titles matter, yeah. no, I'm just, we're kidding. Uh, I've known you Robert, for a long time. Long man. time when you started with Piaggio. Uh, in oh, it was, a, it was just Aprilia back then. Two, oh, it was just Aprilia. It was just oh, Aprilia, yeah. Okay. yeah. 2003? Uh, probably, gosh, probably about 23 years ago. Wow. Yeah. I, I know. 
God, we look good, don't we? <laughs> it's a good thing we're it's a good thing we're on radio. That's all I can say. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, Robert, Robert, tell us uh, tell us first a, a little bit about uh, the, maybe give us an overview of what uh, someone might expect uh, who wants to go to one of the international motorcycle shows. Well, first off, being that this is a podcast and we're all uh, ADD, for those of you who want to just look at something while you're listening, I'm assuming you're not driving, uh, you can go on to MotorcycleShows.com and then there's the whole show schedule there. And i got to correct you on one thing. It's actually eight shows this year because we put, oh. yeah, we added Denver uh, back into the schedule, which is pretty cool. So um, Fantastic. Yeah. So uh, the Progressive International Motorcycle Shows Tour is the number one top uh, uh, motorcycle show that tours uh, around the country, all these uh, eight different stops. Uh, and uh, we open up in Long Beach, we're in New York, we're in Denver, we're in Cleveland, Chicago, you know, a bunch of big, uh, Minneapolis, a bunch of big major markets. Um, and uh, basically, it's all things motorcycling under one roof, um, not so much in Long Beach, but certainly a lot of the rest of the country, it's like sort of off season for motorcycling. So this is the a place to go to see the latest and greatest. Uh, but this year's tour has gotten a lot more experiential. Uh, we, it's not like a rolling museum, right? We're gonna roll out all the bikes on the carpet, put them behind ropes, don't touch anything. We're not doing that. It is really about interacting, uh, literally getting onto motorcycling, motorcycles, uh, learning how to wheelie. We have that opportunity oh, at the show. Can I do that? Yeah. <laughs> I'll, I'll cut you to the head of the line. I know a guy. Yes. <laughs> uh, and um, anyway, but that that's that's really what uh, our world has become is um, as much as we are addicted to screens and viewing and watching, the reality is when you come to the show, you want to you want to do. You want to experience. Yeah. So, and that's so if somebody doing. makes the effort to get down there, they're not only going to see most of, if not all, of the new motorcycles for the 2020 and even 2021 model year. They'll be able to sit on them and talk to uh, representatives from the yeah. OEs about about them, maybe grab a beer, uh, a hot dog, and uh, also see a bunch of great aftermarket stuff too, right? Yeah, that's right. There's, uh, there's a ton of great uh, vendors. So there's all the like the mom and pops. Some of them is we you know the small like ten by tens and ten by twenties that are selling that thing you didn't know you need yet. That's like my favorite thing to discover. I have to walk all the catacombs, you know, and 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 try and find that thing that I didn't know I need yet. Uh, and uh, and then the product experts, as you you know. So in your position and in, in the work that we did together in a, in a prior life, you know, I was the expert on a particular brand, or I was. Uh, uh, the press representative for that. And average uh, customers, motorcycle riders, really don't get access to that level of expertise on a regular basis. Um, so here at the show, um, literally you have product experts who know these bikes up and down. They know their entire product range. They're, um, some of them are sales folks from dealerships, but really the intent is not so much to like sell you, hey, what can we put you on today? It's more about discovering um, you know, the world of motorcycling in what is honestly a pretty neutral, fun, and very, very interactive this year, very interactive. And, and one of those interactive uh, programs I know is near and dear to your heart, and that's yeah. the Discover the Ride program, right? Yeah, Discover the Ride was, uh, we had a kind of an idea jam session a couple of uh, uh, summers ago, and, um, and I thought, well, you know, 
in Long Beach, we do demo rides out in the parking lot. And people familiar with the California show just assume that's normal everywhere. Well, we don't do that in New York. In we New can't York. do that in Cleveland yeah. because there's a sheet of ice usually. Right. Uh, but uh, um, I thought if we can figure out how to do demo rides indoors, that would be really compelling. Long story short, we basically have a program set up where somebody can come in and be unlicensed and inexperienced in motorcycling. Um, and we will we'll take them. We'll, uh, we partnered with Yamaha Powered Bicycles. And if you haven't ridden one of those yet, you don't know what you're missing. Because those, cool. aren't they cool, Jenny? They're super cool. Yeah. It's, I haven't ridden a Yamaha. I've ridden a different brand. But uh, I have two of them. Yeah. And they're so much fun. Remember, I gave you a ride in yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, through yeah. the parking lot. Yeah. He came back and he's like, this is, how does this, eat? like, it's. It just takes the effort away. It's so it's, much, it's so like much it's fun. literally like the hand of God just sort of is like pushing, pushing you. Down. you yes. yeah, just, the invisible or, hand. Or, or everything is downhill. You know, when you're right. a kid, you just wanted everything to be downhill. That's what a, that's what powered bicycles are. It's like it's, it's, awesome. it's, it's the downhill machine, right? And so anyway, so that so you get a chance to experience that, uh, and that proves to us on the motorcycle side that you know how to balance. You can follow our instructions and that sort of thing. Um, and then uh, once you graduate out of that, uh, a few minutes later, we're putting you on uh, modified zero electric motorcycles. And you guys have done stories on, you know, the sure. electric yeah. bike revolution and all that sort of stuff. And our friends at zero really, I mean, they got it. They got it right away. Um, and they have built for us um, these uh, zero FXS model. Uh, they built a special version just for us that has half the battery pack because we don't need the big battery pack. So these bikes right. are lightweight. They're about 260 pounds, wow. which is That's a, like a dirt, awesome. dirt bike light. Yeah, dirt bike. Yeah. Uh, and then they're, they're speed limited. They'll only go like 11, 12 miles an hour, no okay. matter how long you hold on the throttle. And then no matter how fast you roll on the throttle, they have sort of a, a, a very gentle acceleration rate. Let's put it like that. Okay. So yeah. a zero... You know, to compare it to like a a, a a fuel engine, it would be like having a you know a V8 and pulling out all but two of the spark plugs. You know, yeah, I mean, it yeah. just doesn't. It's not going to have that snap. It's not going to scare you. Um, and uh, and zero, really, that's what it's about. Zero motorcycles have really progressed a long way since their beginnings when they were more like bicycles. Now they're actually really close to uh, you know full fledged. Um, oh, internal are. combustion yeah. motorcycles. And, yeah, their latest you know, bike, that SRF, oh, is SRF? just just yeah. a beast, yeah. you know, and it's super, super cool. But as as awesome as an electric bike could be on that end, you need something that's docile and it's not going to, you know, and that's really the thing that's powerful about um, what you can do with electric motorcycling. Because well, we the, can dial it all back. Yeah. And the lack of exhaust, is that a factor yeah. in the indoor places, especially in the winter? I hey, I, I want to tell you, Mark Tuttle. <laughs> junior. One, <laughs> junior editor. Someday you'll get a promotion. But uh, the uh, uh, one of the di most difficult conversations in the power sports industry is for Tracy Harris and her team at the IMS show to walk into a building and say to a fire marshal, yeah, we want to put uh, new riders on motorcycles inside the building. <laughs> okay. Is that cool? All right. Yeah. So it really, it, it literally, I'm making a joke about it, but it literally takes significant uh, uh, confidence, the horsepower within the industry to, to be able to, and history, frankly, I mean, that the tour's been going for 40 years now, um, to put something like that on uh, and, and yeah. to invite 
neophyte new riders to come in and get on a bike and yeah, and it really for the it, first it time. really bears repeating that these uh, that this is available to anyone um, over sixteen. Over sixteen, yeah. you don't need a motorcycle license or no. even any experience with a motorcycle at all. So unlike a, uh, an MSF course, for example, where you have to go and sit in the classroom for right. a couple of days before you can even get on a bike outdoors somewhere, weather permitting, and, and MSF classes are... Um, not cheap. They're not cheap, and also they're uh, few and far a, between. It, yeah, it's a big, yeah. it's so a, it's a big, it's a big commitment. commitment. Yeah, this, this, is, this is a taste test. Yeah. And Robert, something. I have a question. So do they have to have a driver's license? No. No, That's they just awesome. got to be of age. I mean, they can yeah, prove so that they they're Yeah, so they just have age. to be 16. Yeah. So in, in some markets, New York City, a lot of people, a lot of people don't have drivers. Yeah, well, but they have an ID. That's why I was wondering. Yeah, but so. they have an ID. Washington D.C. is yeah. actually another city where we run into that. But the uh, um, no, they don't, right? And and the the challenge, my my theory when when I threw this out with the team, and at first there was a little bit of pushback, but my theory was that most people can be uh, uh, trained how to ride on a motorcycle as long as they know how to balance. I can do that in 10 minutes. That was my theory. So I, I, you know, I understand the goal of uh, the training programs. We partner with Total Control Training, Lee Parks organization. Yep. So he's got fantastic yep. instructors and they can get into all the deep training that you need truly to ride a motorcycle out on the street. So we're not saying to skip that, but this program is literally designed uh, you know, you go to the grocery store and then they got the little sausages with the, uh, you know, the toothpick sticking out of it, right? This is the sausage toothpick <laughs> in the grocery store. So you taste it. You don't it's get to snag the whole sausage yeah. and run off yeah. with it, right? It's like, it's a little taste test. This is for me. Right. A towelette yeah. and Do move on, right? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. So this, this is an opportunity for people to come to the show particularly motorcyclists and I got I got to recognize my friend Scott Harden as the plus one initiative this is which is saying basically you're a motorcyclist if you just add one motorcyclist you know out of your friend network a year that we're just going to increase our numbers just through that so this is a great opportunity for somebody who maybe is a hardcore enthusiast who would be a rider magazine reader to reach out to that like that next level out and with women rider and what you're doing is to reach out to that next level out who's really interested but they're not, not quite sure yeah. yeah so that's really who we want that's our win and the, it's literally when people get off of that zero experience and discover the ride and that one brain cell is like oh man i can do this that's all i want if i get that yeah we win yes because now they walk back into that motorcycle show and instead of it kind of being in the museum and looking at stuff that they don't really quite understand they start their psychologically they change and go like which one is mine which one why would i want a start dual sport bike or do i want a sport yeah. bike or do i want a cruiser mm -hmm. you know they start to they start to see themselves on yeah it's powerful something and there's there's more to the program too than just the zeros right i mean there's also uh are these stasic is that how you say that yeah stasic yeah. sta what is it sta cyc stasic so that was a company that was uh, born in california but bought by harley davidson recently and uh they make uh balance bikes for kids but they're powered balance bikes so they don't have pedals like a traditional uh bicycle uh, and and that's something for the young kids at the show to do uh, is to come in and get on these things and the Stasic crew man they work hard. Okay. You imagine a kindergarten teacher. I mean that's what these guys are doing like all day long oh, and, and yeah. so and and these first they like sort of stride along 
on top of the bikes and, and then they'll add the battery pack and set uh, the power setting to really low and then okay. you know teach them how a throttle works and you know some kids it takes a little while some kids you know just pick it up right away but but so, so this is a perfect experience for let's say uh, a man or woman who has some family members who don't ride but they do and they want to get the rest of the family interested yeah bring the family down to the show it, you know the the older ones can take a lap on or, or six on a, yep. a zero mm-hmm. and the younger kids can try the stasic bikes and what what else? Uh, well, there's you know so so the guys at zero are like so you want to demo these bikes and they can only go like 11, 12 miles an hour. Everyone's gonna think our bikes only go twelve miles an hour, <laughs> and you and you guys you guys know that that you know I mean electric bikes are you know they have uh, phenomenal performance. Wicked quick. Yeah. Wicked quick. Wicked quick. Wicked quick over here, <laughs> and so. Um, uh, what we wanted to do to show that that end of the power spectrum is we actually have our friends uh, Chris Tice over at XDL has a couple of like the standard uh, bikes that aren't restricted bolted down onto old dynos and they teach you how to do wheelies. Can I do that tomorrow? Fantastic. You, you <laughs> do don't I have, have to ask permission? me. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. So you get, get on the bike and get on the bike and yeah. and. And they, it's it's all strapped in. You can't, you know, unless you let go, you're not going to fall off the thing, right? And so you can just sit on it, and they'll teach you how to like find that balance point and kind of float along. And it's and you feel, you know, huge power through the bike to you know to get it to jump up and everything. So I mean, it's a it's a lot of fun. Again, it, the show is not about just staring and looking at new vehicles. Right. It's really interactive. We have vintage bike displays there. We have DIY. Uh, uh, presentations that go on for those who want to learn like adjusting chains and some of the base, basic stuff get them over that hump yeah. uh, and then we have um, the uh, uh, a great crew with new to two which are like Monique Phillips new to uh, two as in new to two wheels right? exactly new to yeah. two wheels and that's that's where that crew knows that there is no such thing as a dumb question you know, Perfect. Yeah. There's loads of people who don't know why a sport bike looks like a sport bike and a dirt bike looks like a dirt bike. Yeah, we get yeah. it already. No, we get it. But I think some days I'm pretty. I sure. don't know. I've read some of your reviews. <laughs> <laughs> so do they need? Do the participants need to bring any gear? No, that's that's a great question. Uh, no, they can walk in in street clothes. You do have to have closed-toed shoes that go all the way around your foot. So, what do you, what do you what do you ladies call those shoes that or your heels exposed? What are those things called? Like a mule? Like yeah, a the mule. Yeah. yeah, no mules. No, no mules. mules. No mules. But you got to... No slingbacks. No, well, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, I can't wear my slingbacks well, to the show. Well, you do look good at them, but... Well, thank you, you very know, much. I appreciate that. for happy hour. So the... Uh, uh, every hour's happy hour, <laughs> Jenny. Um, but the... Uh, you got to have closed toe shoes and uh, uh, long pants. Um, but we've got jackets, helmets, gloves, all provided by Cycle Gear, um, which is a great organization they chipped in all the gear uh to do this will fit you with the proper stuff and honestly for tons of people this is the first time they put a helmet on their head right and they don't even know how to yeah they don't know how to fasten it or how the you know they've got the face shield down right away and it's fogging up and it's like nope don't need to do that there's no bugs in here so you can leave it up and you know anyway it's just uh it really is a, a program that i'm really proud of that my little idea t- with with the power of the IMS team turned into something big. And last year, when we only did seven shows, we trained nearly, uh, gosh, I think it was 6,800 people. 
My goodness, that's a lot of folks. Yeah, when you wow. start dividing it up against the show hours, yeah. that's we're we're and cranking. Robert, Robert, you can articulate this better than anybody I know. Oh, why you give this, me too much credit. Why <laughs> is this so important now? What is uh, you know? Let's let's tell the listener why we're doing all of this. I mean, or why the IMS shows are doing it. What's going on in the motorcycle industry that makes it so important? Well, you know, the bike industry, the motorcycle industry, has gone through its ups and downs in, in history. Uh, in 2008 and 9, when there was, you know, the big housing market crash, motorcycling kind of went, went down with that, right? Uh, we overlooked the fact that, that as housing recovered and, and, you know, people's income came back and, the, you know, and, and uh, unemployment went down and blah, 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 there was sort of a broad assumption that motorcycling will pick right back up to where it was. Well, it pretty much stayed flat. By and large, it right. stayed flat. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but like the top end of the spectrum, the the, the $30,000 CVOs or the custom bikes and that, that stuff like really got hurt, right? So the profit, uh, you know, the industry also went down significantly. Yes. And so uh, the challenge in the motorcycle industry is not availability of funds or in my opinion, the desire, I think the desire to ride is out there. I think it's it's up to us as motorcyclists to increase the approachability for riding. And the number one thing we can do is to invite that non-riding buddy to come out and experience and be that good shepherd of the category of motorcycling and 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 bring that out. So the industry is down in sales. That's the number one metric that people care about. But used bike sales are are actually pretty good right you know and so there's something interesting happening there well those bikes are cheaper and and i cannot i i can't ride a 15 year old zx10 you know faster than you know i could a brand new you know bmw uh 1000rr exactly i mean my skill set like sort of level that is so so as a you know to go out and buy a used motorcycle kind of makes sense for a lot of people out there so but on the new bike side of things, if we don't continue to, to bring new riders in who are interested in new motorcycles and to maintain riders um, through, uh, you know, inclusive, being inclusive of things like sidecars and slingshots and Vanderhalls and some of these other products out there where people are like, oh, that's not a motorcycle. But that's what keeps people engaged in power sports, you know. Um, and if it wasn't for side-by-sides... <clears throat> The ATV market, like yeah. what it's right. So it's all side, that stuff is great fun. It's huge. Yeah. So that's why we're doing this. Is actually, and credit to Yamaha Powered Bicycles and to Zero, because those two brands are actually going to create customers for Harley and Honda and Suzuki and Royal Enfield and all the Ducati, all the other brands out there. Because that exposure to the category is what we desperately need to continue to get more riders in. Mm-hmm. Robert. Thanks very much. That oh, man, I thought we were going to go into, like, you know, my T-shirt collection. And... <laughs> what? We talked about that last That's time. That's episode it, two. It, oh, it wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll give me time to do laundry yeah. then. One, one, uh, one caveat about, uh, about the show. If you, you do go down, make sure to go visit the, the Discover the Ride area before you hit the, uh, the bar. Yeah. Right? You know? Yeah. Right, that's good. Yeah, we we have uh, finely finely tuned noses. When one last one last question, have you noticed any any similarities among the the people that uh, 
are taking the new rider course? That's a that's a great question. There we we are. Um, you know, I'm going to promote you. I think you should be the editor. Uh, <laughs> no more junior editor. No, no, no. It's way to go, yeah, Mark. Way to go. Uh, no, the uh, uh, we are disproportionately seeing uh, females riding uh, in Discover the Ride. So against against the industry, right? Industry says supposedly there's like 20 percent of our ridership is female, right? But almost 50 percent of the ridership at, at Discover the Ride is female. So there is clearly significant interest to get into riding uh, on the female side. Oh, absolutely. Of things. There's also an assumption at the motorcycle shows that everyone who comes to a motorcycle show is a motorcyclist. We have a ton of people who don't have their M endorsement or one of those people who maybe took a, a, a total uh, control training class and then you know never got their license years ago and then right. they sort of come back. So so really that's that's what we're seeing is is as wide a swath as you can imagine but it really absolutely hits at the demographics that this industry talks about wanting to get more of all the time so it's a success fantastic well there you heard it right right here there's something for everyone at, uh, right from the horse's mouth at uh, the progressive international motorcycle shows robert thanks so much for your time man i know that you got to rush back over to the show and get uh, dtr set up and because you're expecting a pretty good crowd tomorrow, I imagine. Yeah, Long Beach is always a big kickoff. And then, again, you guys check out MotorcycleShows.com. And uh, there's a whole tour there. You can buy your tickets online, so you can skip the line at the front. And uh, kids are free on certain days. And then there's, like, group rates and all sorts of stuff. So more stuff than I want to get into. Great. Yeah. Thanks, Robert. You've been listening to the Rider Magazine Insider Podcast, this time featuring Robert Pandia from the Discover the Ride program at the Progressive International Motorcycle Shows. Thanks for spending some of your valuable time with us. Feel free to reach out to us through our ridermagazine.com website, on our like-name social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or email us directly at rider at ridermagazine.com. Thanks again for listening. We appreciate your interest.